0: hey folks welcome back to another episode of if these hills could talk i'm your old buddy tennessee brando and thank you so much for tuning in right out of the gate i want to say that i'm sorry it's been so long in between podcast episodes i just realized today that it was last month that i it's been a month since i released one and so uh that wasn't intentional but november was a pretty busy month for me and um i was so busy finishing up the album shots of truth and uh working on other things that I wasn't able to get around to doing a podcast episode, but we're back in the saddle today with a Q&A episode, and I really enjoy doing these because uh, I get so many good questions, and I'm always surprised at just how many questions I get. Um, I didn't have a guest lined up for today, and so I thought, you know what? It would be uh, cool to, to do a Q&A episode and kind of get back in the swing of things here on the podcast again thank you guys for being with me before we get rolling with the QA I want to definitely uh, talk about the podcast for a minute because I'm sure you guys see this every year and I know people have their opinions on this but you see people posting their Spotify wrapped um, and you know um, you'll see them posting it for their music but there's also Spotify wrapped for podcast and I got mine. And I wanted to share with you the uh, statistics and how that all came out. Before I do, I do realize that uh, a lot of people have a whole lot of different opinions about Spotify, and I've voiced my concerns with it and my opinions about it in the past, um, folks. If I was being dead honest with you, I wish we were back in the day. I wish we had never left behind vinyl records. You know, I really wish that vinyl records still exist, and which they do. But I'm saying, I, I wish that that was the thing. I wish that. That's just how we listen to music. I wish that's how we found it. I love nothing more than going to a record store and, and flipping through records and going there and <clears throat> being there the day that something comes out and you can't wait to get it. You know, I miss, I miss the physical copy. But unfortunately, it's just not the times we're living in. You know, uh, streaming has took over. It's dominated. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely robbed a lot of musicians from, from making money off their art. I, can't, I cannot argue with that for a second. Um, but that's the world that we're in. And, um, you know, Spotify is a, is an easy tool, uh, to use, to, to, to have access to music and podcasts all over the world. It's right there at your fingertips. Um, and so, yes, I do. I, I did cancel my Spotify for a while and I tried out some different apps, but then the problem with it was I had saved so many playlists. I used to host a radio show. On a internet website called Real Nashville Music, and I had so many of my playlists saved in Spotify uh, that I just uh, went back to it and um, and I use it. I also use YouTube Music, so uh, I actually have two music apps that I use. But um, because YouTube Music does have some things that uh, that Spotify don't, but anyway, um, I understand the argument against Spotify, and I I completely get it. But uh at the same time, you know, I felt like reading my Spotify rap for the podcast, uh, it definitely um kind of put things into perspective because, you know, twenty twenty three has been my biggest year ever, uh, in anything that I've ever done. And um everything really boomed and came together this year. And I didn't expect it. It kinda of came out of left field. Um I was just sort of going along, doing my thing, and then all of a sudden, everything everything hit and and when it hit it was like holy shit you know and it really started hitting just around last july this past july It's when everything just sort of it was like the accelerator got pushed down and everything shot forward and to tell you the truth i i don't really know even how it happened there's definitely people out there to think uh for for sure Uh, I have to thank the Midas touch network because they shared my YouTube channel and they shared some of my videos from my YouTube channel. And, you know, that really brought a lot of people in Texas. Paul shared my videos, Gloria Johnson shared my stuff and that, that really brought people in. So I really owe all those people a debt of gratitude and everyone out there that's shared my stuff. But, you know, Midas touch gave me a platform to to stand on and talk and, um, and rake in millions of views on some videos. It's been mind boggling to me, and so um, it was around July that the uh, that the that everything just kind of sped up, you know. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Damn, uh, it's catching on," and it just become a full time gig. And so uh, here we are. And when I was looking at the Spotify Wrapped, I was like, "Damn, this is uh, this is pretty crazy," uh, because we're sitting in a completely different spot than we were last year. And, uh, so before we get into to reading these analytics and me telling you how this all breaks down, uh, I just want to thank everybody out there that, uh, shared my stuff and, uh, and got me to the dance because, uh, you know, I started doing what I'm doing really just for therapy. Cause I don't like going to a therapist. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather just sit here and talk to my phone and make videos and make podcasts. And, you know, uh, here we are, but, um, the top episode uh, for 2023 was Texas Paul. It was streamed 265% more than any other episode. Um, that was that was really cool to hear. And uh, 22% of my audience started with Texas Paul. So that means that 22% of the audience that I have now was introduced to my podcast through the Texas Paul episode. So... Huge shout out to Texas Paul for that. Um, That really uh, helped get us going and and, and boosted our audience. And so a huge shout out to Paul for that. Uh, Now get this, 81% of my audience discovered me in 2023. So that's massive. Um, That that shows you the growth. And I guarantee you that 81% probably came along around July because what happened was I did have um a tiktok video that went viral and it didn't go viral on my page this is what's so funny about this a lady named roxy just basically copied and pasted my video and put it on her page and i think she just had a couple of thousand followers when she did that it blew up and got like three million when that happened the Marcellus brothers reached out to me ben and he was like hey man we love that video do you mind um you know sending us that video but we want you to go back and and just kind of add a add a like a part two onto the end of it extend it a little bit longer for youtube and i did and i sent it over to ben and when i did that one went over a million on minus Midas, and so that's when everything picked up steam was was right around there and it was the video i did talking about how that the biggest mistake we ever made was not electing hillary clinton and so um uh I believe that 81% that discovered us in 2023 probably started uh, right around there. Now, we were streamed in nine countries. Uh, 92%, of course, was here in the United States, but we were streamed in nine countries. That's pretty cool. Um, You guys did a damn good job of sharing it. 41% of you shared it via text message. 26% shared it via direct link. Fourteen uh, percent other and fifteen percent on Facebook, the most shared episode was Gloria Johnson, and um that one is still the one that I sometimes have to pinch myself and say did that, that really happened because uh I interviewed Gloria Johnson, a great human, a great individual, and just someone. Uh, who is now running for United States Senate, a poor hillbilly <laughs> from from Southeast Kentucky, East Tennessee border, sat down with a future Senator and uh, and talked with her. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I, I still am very humbled that she did the interview and I would love to interview her again one day. I would love to talk with her again. Um, but, when I go back and listen to the episode, I realized that I said yeah like every few seconds. And it was because I was like, I wanted her to know that I was being attentive. I wanted her to know that I was listening to her. You know, it's like I didn't want to just sit there and stare at her, like, because I was right in front of her. We were in the studio, at Knoxville Arbor Studio, and I didn't want to come off like I wasn't paying attention. So we go back. Me, and my mom, and my kids were listening to the episode, and my son Emmett, who's eleven and who's way ahead, he Emmett's the little brain. He's the if 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 my kids were the Ninja Turtles, he's Donatello. <laughs> so he's like, "Dad, you're saying yeah a whole lot," and then he starts laughing every time. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and it was just because she was making so many good points, and she was right in my face making these great points, and I was excited. And uh it really made me pump the brakes. And if you'll notice on the other episodes, I'm staying out of the way of the of the of like Wayne Bledsoe and the pe- Coach D people that came after. <laughs> I'm sort of staying out of the way uh and really mindful of how many times I say yeah. So uh but yeah, that yeah, that <laughs> that was uh that was our most shared episode. And the podcast got a four point nine rating. So I want to thank you guys so much for that. That's 4.9 out of 5 stars. So I really appreciate that. And uh, I want to remind you guys, if you've not done so, if you rate this and you leave a review, wherever it is you're listening, it doesn't matter where you're listening. From my understanding, if you guys will rate it and leave a review, it helps get it out there in the algorithm and more people sees it and more people brings comes into it. So if you could leave me a rating, leave me a star review, um, you know, I would really appreciate it it would help boost us out there even further and get us further out there in 2024. Uh, One last thing here. Uh, If These Hills Could Talk, this is really cool. This is probably my favorite part. If These Hills Could Talk was a top 10 podcast for 141 different people. 141 different people has If These Hills Could Talk in their top 10. 108 people has it in their top five. And 37 people has it as their number one podcast. Uh, That is truly mind-boggling to me and humbling as hell. And so um, everybody listening to this, whether it's in your top 10, top 50, whatever, everybody listening to this is important. I'm glad you're here, regardless of why. I know some people don't agree with me. Some people listen just to troll me. Uh, Whatever whatever reason you're here, I'm thankful you're here. And to think that, it would be in 141's top 10, 108's top 5 and 37 of you made it your number one podcast that is that is pretty damn cool to me and so uh i appreciate it and i, I really do and i can't thank you guys enough so uh, i'm sitting here having a uh cup of coffee out of my uh Kentucky coffee mug i found a Kentucky coffee mug at a bucky's and uh i grew up in Kentucky but this coffee mug has become my favorite. I, I I didn't drink coffee until I was... I know this is random as hell. But I didn't drink coffee until I was um, 30 years old. Um, before I actually drank coffee. I mean, I had tasted it, but I hated it. And then I was 30 years old when I just developed a taste for it and loved it. Um, I like my coffee black. I don't put anything in it. No cream, no sugar, no flavoring, nothing. Uh, I just recently discovered a... Uh, a brand of coffee uh, that's out of Kentucky. It's sitting over here from me. It's called Metal Coffee Company. This coffee, and I, I mean I'm, not, I'm 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 not doing necessarily commercial, but I guess I am. This coffee is unbelievable. Um, It is so good, and if it is, it is from Metal Coffee Company. I've got four different brands here, or four different blends here in front of me. Um, one is the Ace of Spade. It's a favorite. It's a medium roast. And um uh, it's you know to kind of um, it's kind of giving a nod to Lemmy and motorhead and the Ace of spade. Then there is a drop D, which is a uh, a dark roast. There's a black chip drip Costa Rica and then one called shred espresso that's a medium roast it's it's my favorite that's what I'm drinking at the moment now I'm more of a dark roast kind of guy, but that medium roast shred, i can't even say the word shred espresso it's got a picture of a martial lamp on the front of it but it says shred espresso uh great coffee um i don't know i mean i'll I'll be i'm gonna okay this is just brando being blunt with you guys okay brando just being as honest as i can be um i don't know where the people that started this coffee company's politics lies so they may hate my guts (laughs) i don't know I don't know where they stand, but I just know they make damn good coffee. So, uh, I got to give it to them. And, um, I'm definitely, uh, I, I highly recommend it regardless of, of where they, I mean, if if they, if, if they, if they go to church every Sunday and they've heard some of my, I don't know. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why, you know, if, if anyone ever wants me to, you know, do a commercial and plug your business, I'll be glad to. But the reason that I don't do it is because I just know that I'm not very popular in my hometown, so I'm not necessarily going to plug places because I know the owners. And I know they got Trump flags hanging in the place, so I'm not going to necessarily tell you to, to go certain places for that reason. But anyway, uh, let's get down to the Q&A of this um, and have fun with this because it's always I'm always blown away now at how many questions I get. I mainly uh, get them on YouTube and Facebook. No one on Twitter asks a question. Uh, only one person on Threads ask a question. So uh, I tell you what, we'll just take that question first since it's the only one from Threads. Uh, Damon Bolin wants to know, uh, rural Oklahoma is ruby red. Is there infrastructure in place in Tennessee to actually support a Democrat for a statewide election win? Well, the answer to that question, Damon, is yes. Uh, Gloria Johnson uh, I believe is in a really strong position to win this thing. She's running for Senate against Marsha Blackburn. And I really feel that the the winds are, are shifting here in Tennessee just a little bit. I know we're we're Ruby Red. And I know that we have some of the most insane, extreme people here. Uh in my song Bill Lee is a drag, I say the lyric is Tennessee is home to me, but I sure have to admit It's getting a whole lot harder to say y'all come again because we got Bill Lee, we got Marsha Blackburn, we got Tim Burchett, we got Glenn Jacobs, you know, uh, we've got some of the most extreme people out there, and uh, Gloria is going up against Marsha, but, you know, there's a whole lot of people here in Tennessee um, that are tired of the way that we've been treated, tired of the way that we've been governed. And I really believe that, that things are falling into place to get Gloria out there. And so to anyone out there listening here in Tennessee, if you've not listened to the podcast episode I did with Gloria, go listen to it. Despite the fact that I said, yeah, every 10 seconds, uh, go, go check that out. And, uh, also, um, uh, just, just look into Gloria and what she stands for and what she believes in. Uh, I, I'm super excited to see where that one goes. And, uh, I just, I just want to see her as our next Senator um, because I'm, I'm so tired of the, of the MAGA extremism and everybody here in Tennessee, uh, seems to be trying to do their best Donald Trump impression. And, uh, that's the part that's so disturbing to me. Uh, sometimes I'll call Bill Lee a dollar general Trump, but, uh, you know, I don't even know if that's fair to dollar general to say that Tim Burchett, uh, I've done so much content and videos on that guy. Uh, and Glenn Jacobs, you know, for those of you that know me best, you know, I'm a massive wrestling fan and, uh, I love the Kane character on wrestling. It's one of my favorite characters ever. Glenn Jacob, the politician. No, I don't I, I I don't agree with him on very much at all. And uh, um so I would love to see the, the tides change here. And maybe we I don't know if Tennessee will go blue in my lifetime, but if we could kind of start going purple a little bit, that would be great. Uh, because we definitely need it here. So let's keep moving here. Now I don't know. I'm on YouTube and this says user BT5RL3R H3B so there's no name here but this is a great question it says how do you say how do you stay so strong in your liberal liberal beliefs and still live in the south I'm glad that you are exposing the way many native southerners feel about issues um well thank you for that question I think the reason that I'm able to stay so strong in my beliefs is that I am surrounded by the other side. You know, people will say to me sometimes that I'm in an echo chamber, and I say to them, there is no way in hell I could ever be in an echo chamber living where I live. I'm in the Cumberland Gap of Tennessee. I'm right on the border of uh, Kentucky and Virginia. If I pulled out of my driveway right now, in 10 minutes, I could be in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, the the town I grew up in. Um, uh, seven minutes away, I could be in uh in Virginia, so um, you know, and and they're all very Bible Belt, and they're all very much Trump country. Uh, to me, and this may sound funny to some of you that if you live in Knoxville, you may laugh out loud at what I'm about to say, and that's okay. But for me, Knoxville is San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, Knoxville is liberal as shit to somebody like me. Uh, when I go down on Market Square, you know, and I I see, uh two, two gay people walking up the street holding hands, um, you know, that's, uh, or, or I see and, and talk to trans people. That's, that's something I don't see very much of here where I'm at, you know? Uh, we had, I did a video on it a while back, but we had a boy, you know, dress up in a Klan outfit and harass a black kid in our Walmart. I mean, that's, that's what's around us. And so, um, I think the way I'm able to, s- to stay so strong in my beliefs, sorry, um, the way I'm able to s- stay so strong in those beliefs is because I'm surrounded by the other side and just they glaring hypocrisies right in my face all the time. Um, I wrote a song that's on shots of truth, volume one called, uh, echo chamber. And in it, I'm saying, you know, I will stay in my echo chamber. If it's, if it's reason, if it's logic, if it's science, if it's truth, I would much rather stay in that as to be in your echo chamber with all of your hatred, you know? And so I think the fact that I'm just, you know, I've often wondered if I've moved to like a more liberal city, how things would be and how my content would be. I think being here in this Bible belt, in this buckle of the Bible belt, uh, I think I'm able to to see the other side more. And that just keeps me stronger in my beliefs, if that makes any sense. So uh, thank you for that question. And let's drop on down here and uh, and get another one. Um, let's see. Got to click on this and bring the whole whole thing up. Um, okay, this is from Stacy on YouTube, and she says, "Hey Tennessee Brando, I am a huge fan. I listen to you every night, and I thank you for being you." Question: Do you think that Donald Trump will really win this next election? And did the 2023 election shine a light on where we on where the country is at or is headed to as far as the mainstream Republicans like my dad seemingly detaching themselves from MAGA politicians? Now she's got more of the question here, but I'm gonna stop right here and 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 address this. Do I think Donald Trump will win the next election? Um I will never count out Donald Trump. And that is terrifying to say, but I will never count him out until he's officially out of the political theater and we know he ain't coming back again. Um, It's amazing to me that he still has one supporter, let alone seems like half the damn country. Polls will come out, you know, one day saying he's ahead. Um, There was one poll that came out that said he was ahead and that was news for like two or three weeks. Then four polls came out with Joe Biden ahead and that barely made the news. Donald Trump likes to sit and say that the, that the news media is slanted against him, but the news media, in my opinion, is all that's keeping him afloat. They realize that this guy's ratings and they they want to stir that pot. See, what's going to happen here is when they sit there and stir this pot and make him seem like a viable candidate, make him seem realistic, and then let's say he loses again and uh, in uh 2024, then he's going to shout rigged because he's going to be like, look, the media said that I was in the lead. What happened? So to answer your question, I just can't count him out. Um, Now, do I think that the 2023 elections shine a light on the country as to where it's headed? Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, what we're seeing is that a lot of these extreme Republican ideas don't work they only work with they only work with the extreme fringe of the party, um, you know. Most moderates and independents don't don't agree with their stance on women's rights and their stance on gay and trans rights, and so I think that that's what we're seeing. I mean, you had in Kentucky, you had Governor Andy Beshear win a re-election, a Democrat win re-election, and I really believe it's because women got out and voted. I really believe that uh, that's what drove them to the polls. So. Yeah, I definitely think that, uh, that, that we are headed in that direction, but the media is always going to, I think they're going to always play into Donald Trump because he's ratings. You know, I work with the Midas touch network and, uh, we are always pointing out, you know, how the media will spin Donald Trump. We're over here saying, Hey, this dude just said he's, you know, he might've, he might've, you could argue that it was a slip of the tongue, but he said, we're waging war on American democracy. He said he wants to lock up his political opponents with no evidence just because he wants to. We're pointing out the real serious nature of the shit he says, and then they're debating on, you know, like the the plane he rode in on or something like that. And I'm going, no, look at the serious shit this guy's actually saying. So let's go on here in the question. She says, also unrelated, what are your thoughts on where the country is headed with green energy, solar, wind, and EVs as well? I myself, I find myself disgusted at the way we're treating our planet, but at the same time, we seem to need guidance on how to help heal it. Thanks for sharing all your time. I appreciate your take and your ability to make facts digestible. Well, Stacy, thank you for that question. And um, you know, I live in coal country. I grew up in coal country. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, drove a coal truck, and then later switched over and drove the, drove the log truck when they started blowing the tops off the mountains, and, um, you know, because that was really the only good job my dad could find in this part of the world, and so, um, my dad may have worked in and around coal all of his life, but he's not this pro-coal dude, you know, he's not, he's not the kind of guy that, that, that he realizes the damage that it did to our environment, and the damage that it did to everything, um, kind of reminds me of the book, I don't know if any of you's ever read it, called The Rum Diary by Hunter Thompson, where he goes down and, he has to write a piece about this hotel and why this hotel needs to come. But if he brings the hotel to where it's coming, it's going to take away this one little place that he loves so much. And in that book, Hunter S. Thompson said that he felt like a Judas goat, that he was being paid to piss in his own bed. And uh, I told my dad about that one time, and Dad said, "Yeah, that's exactly how it felt." You know, growing up, uh, doing what I did, I just—I I mean, so many people in this part of the world was was was—that's the only option they had at a good-paying job you know, if it didn't include moving out of town. And so, uh, you know, I hope we're, I hope to see us move in a, in a, in a more green energy direction. I would really love to see that. Um, and you know, it's ridiculous to me when people wants to hang on to coal. It's, uh, I could get sidetracked and we could spend the rest of the episode talking about coal because, uh, you know, it's just become such a talking point where I live. Um, and I've always made the argument you know, nowadays, you got people in this part of the country, they're pro-coal, they have bumper stickers that says, coal keeps lights on, and Jimmy Rose wrote a song about it, and, uh, you know, you got, um, friends of coal stickers on everything, and if you don't like coal, don't use electricity, and I'm like, you know, if you go back and really study where our forefathers came from, if you go back and watch Harlan County USA, that documentary, they were dead set against the coal companies, they fought to the death with the coal companies, so, why in the hell people are dressing their kids up like them for Halloween is beyond me. But, uh, let's go over here to Facebook and grab a question. And again, Stacy, thank you for that one. Um, now I know this first question I see here is, is a troll question, but I'm going to take it. Uh, Bob Wagenseller has been a dedicated troll to my Facebook page ever since I started it. Um, he claims to be a real person, um, that I've never met, but I swear, uh, I think he's some, I think I know exactly who he is. I think I, and if he's listening to this, Bob, if you're listening and I've never met you and you're a real dude living somewhere else and you just like trolling me, uh, all I can say is you sound exactly like someone that I used to know and consider a friend. You, you leave your comments with the exact same wording that he does and, or he would say to me in arguments. So if you're not him, You got a twin in Tennessee, (laughs) but Bob wants to know is the border still closed. Um, that is just one of the biggest myths that the Republican party and Donald Trump pushes is that Biden opened the border. The border's wide open. That's bullshit. Uh, it doesn't take much, uh, digging at all to realize that that's bullshit. Biden sent $7 billion to the border to help secure it. Um, he hired over 300 new agents 125 new workers at the border at different uh points of entry um spent like 125 million i might have that number wrong um on new surveillance cameras and new new ways to 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 secure the border the thing about joe biden is he just wants a more humane approach to it and republicans take that and says it's wide open and it's not and as far as the ones that will say well why you know what about the fentanyl coming over the border? That is not being smuggled over here by immigrants. That's, that's by Americans that goes there and brings it back. So, uh, Bob, I know you tried to have a gotcha moment there, but if you would just realize that, you know, you're being played, man, um, they point to these boogeymen. They point to things to get you upset about and get you all emotional and keep you voting against your own interest. So there's that. Um, now Cesar Lopez here on uh, Facebook wants to know, um, thoughts on universal basic income. Uh, I think that in... I think it makes sense. Let me say that. I can understand the argument for it. I can also understand the argument against it. But I do think that it makes sense in the sense that if people knew that their their house, their mortgage was going to be paid, or if people knew their car payment would at least get paid that month. Um there's the argument to be made that it would make everybody lazy and everybody dependent on the government. There's also the argument to be made that it would just help people have a little bit of financial security and get them motivated to get out there and and do better. You know, I don't know um how to put this really But I feel like that if you have more financial security, then you're more motivated. At least I am. Anytime that I've ever had more money in my bank account, then I was more motivated to keep going. But if I was down to the red, I mean, folks, there's been the times in my life that I literally lived, and I I look back at it, I don't know how the hell I did it, but there was times in my life that I lived on like a hundred bucks a week. Um, I was a musician. I would, I mean, by the time that, you know, I mean, I might play a gig somewhere where I might've made $300 total that week. But by the time you factored in how much gas I spent getting there and the food I uh, ate and the beer I drank, I probably came home with half of that. And so I lived on 100, 150 bucks a week sometimes and scraped by and the prices of everything kept going through the roof. And it just made me unmotivated to want to do. Sh- I was like, "Fuck this!" You know, I don't, I don't want to do anything. Like, it, uh, to me, it's it's it's. I look at it that way. I'm more, if 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 okay if if I've got money in the bank and I I've, I've got some security, then I'm more apt to go out and work harder to maintain that security. Once you put me down on the bottom and just beat the life out of me, it's kind of like, well, I don't really give a shit if I get up or not. I mean, I, that's just me personally. So I don't know if that answer makes much sense, but. I just feel like that if I knew uh, certain bills would be paid that month and certain bills would be covered and I could actually get out and enjoy life a little bit more, it would inspire me to want to maintain that as opposed to just depending on it. I mean if I you know, if if universal basic income ever did become a thing and say we was all getting a thousand bucks a month or whatever, first of all, a thousand bucks a month ain't gonna go far at all uh with the way that prices are. Um but at the same time, if you just, if you just knew, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to starve to death, then I just feel like you would be more motivated to go out there and, and keep that uh, afloat. So Rhonda on Facebook wants to know, do you have an opinion on Canadian politics? Well, short answer, my mom says all the time, can't we just move to Canada? <laughs> because healthcare is a big concern. Uh, with me and my family, and, uh, you know, when we look uh, at our neighbors in Canada and realize that they have health care and that we struggle so hard to even to even have it or maintain it, um, that's the short answer to your question. I wish I had more to say. Uh, I definitely uh, wish that uh, America could be a whole lot more like Canada in a lot of different ways, but uh, we have people down here that shout socialism anytime you want to try to give anybody anything. They'll say to us, it makes no sense. You can't make it make sense. Don't try. But they'll say to me, well, we need that money. That We shouldn't be sending money to Ukraine. We should, we should be using that to help our own people. And then when you say, well, let's help our own people. Well, we can't do that. That's socialism. So you can't win with them. But, um, uh, yeah, that's the short answer. I, I, sometimes me and my family definitely... Um, <clears throat> Well, definitely. Sorry. I was, I was catching a question here and I, I don't understand that one. Sorry. I'm going to skip that one because, uh, I don't know the wording on that. I don't know. I I the, the grammar, I'm not trying to be cruel folks. I won't call the person out by name, but the, I was trying to read it before I answered it. And the grammar was so atrocious that I couldn't, <laughs> I don't know if they were trolling me. I, I don't know. So anyway, um, Let's see. Let's 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 find some more here. Let's go back to YouTube for just a minute. Um, this question gets asked every time I do a Q&A. It gets asked on every video that I post, but it looks like Addie from YouTube wants to know, I love everything that you say and stand behind you, but one question I want to ask, is that an original John Prine picture that you have behind you when you do your inside videos? I miss him, and he has always made my life happier and better for over 45 years. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. Thank you. Well, yes, that is John Prine. And that is a wood carving, uh, by my good buddy, Ryan Buck out of Knoxville. Uh, he carved that one. You know, if you look over to the other side of my head, when I'm doing the inside videos, um, he did one of Waylon Jennings. Uh, he also did two of me, uh, one from my zombie town video. And then one of me that my son hung in his room. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think he I think he went out of business and doesn't do that anymore, but uh I was lucky to uh to get the John Prine one. Everyone always wants to know is that John Prine? And um, yes it is. Uh real quick story before we keep rolling here. Um I discovered John Prine back in early 2000s. A buddy of mine was like, "Have you heard of John Prine?" And I said, "I've heard the name." And he's like, "Well, here And He gave me John Prine's first album on CD and said to me, go baptize yourself in this. (laughs) That was his exact words. And, uh, I did. And the minute I heard John Prine, I realized that I didn't know jack shit about how to write a song and, uh, he made me go back to the drawing board, but he's a massive influence on me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he's been behind so many, he's been behind me in so many of my videos that got so many views and, so many people, is that John Prine? Yes, it is. And no, it's not the guy—the old man from Pawn Stars. <laughs> Someone said that one day. Is that the old man from Pawn Stars? And I was like, you know, I hate to say it, but I could kind of see where you would think that. <laughs> but no, it's not him. It is the great John Prine. Um, I can't make out this name. T a uh, k t a k m r O-A-N. i I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but uh, they want to know, what do you think of those who say they will leave the U.S. if Trump or another MAGA Republican wins in 2024? Would you consider doing the same? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't consider moving. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of people says that no one's ever done it. I mean, th- they've said that on both sides of the aisle. You know, Ted Nugent said he would leave if Obama got reelected also said he might be in jail and no one took that threat seriously but um you know they'll they'll say things like that but they never do no i just believe that you know regardless of which side of the aisle you're on that you should stick around and you know let your voice be heard i i, I feel like that uh, if all of us left then we would leave behind everything that our founding fathers and forefathers fought to to put in place for us uh, it's a scary time to be alive in my opinion And I don't mean to do that as hyperbole. I had somebody say to me, man, you guys, you at the Midas Touch Network, you're like Alex Jones, man, just telling everybody that Donald Trump's going to do away with democracy. That's bullshit, man. I'm like, have you read Agenda 47? I mean, here's the thing. We're just pointing out to you what Agenda 47 says. We're just pointing out to you what Donald Trump says at his rallies. We're just pointing out to you what Project 2025 says. You can sit there and say, oh, it ain't as bad as you think. We're not pulling stuff out of our ass here Alice Jones just randomly pulled shit out of his ass you know he randomly just made up shit on the fly and pulled shit plum out of his ass that he had no evidence for whatsoever meanwhile we've got the words coming straight from Trump's own mouth that's that's all we're saying so um, it's not hyperbole it's not us trying to get people scared shitless it's not us trying to be conspiracy theorists it's us trying to point out the train that's coming straight at people but no, I don't think we should leave the country. I think we should stick around and, and leave it better than we found it. Um, let's see. Let's keep on moving down. Um, here on YouTube, seems like we... Uh, someone here wants to know. <laughs> uh looks like Cindy wants to know, what is behind you? A field, open air, or just blue nothing? <laughs> She's referring to the videos that I do outside. Um, I'm actually sitting at the end of my house... And, um, behind me is right directly behind me that you can't really see is the driveway that goes up to my mom and dad's place. And over behind me, I have a neighbor behind me. You just can't see it because it kind of all goes uphill. So you're, you are seeing the, the clear blue sky behind me there. But, uh, yeah, there is a, there is a neighbor lives, lives behind me. Um, but you can't see it from, from where I've got my camera set up. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take y'all behind the scenes here just for a second. <laughs> my camera is sitting on my grill. I have a grill out here at the end of the house where I grill all of our food. I love to grill. And so the grill has a little table built onto it. And the camera's sitting on the table on a little stand on the table. Uh, and I'm sitting there. So that's, that's where I am. Um, I started making them out there, you know, and, uh, Ben Micellis. When I did the one that When I did the one that hit a million views, Ben was like, man, he's like, record as many as you can out there. He said, because it's got, it's a really cool black backdrop behind you. And now a million people have seen you there. So they're going to recognize that more if they're scrolling past it and see you sitting there, they're going to go, oh yeah, that's that dude sitting there. He said, plus the sound quality seems to be better. So I try to record as many as I can out there. Uh, If I don't, it's because it's raining like hell or cold or windy or something like that. Uh, the other day I had to make some videos indoors, um, for that reason. Uh, this morning when I first woke up, it was raining right now. The sun is shining. It's beautiful outside. So when I get done with this podcast, I'll probably be going out there and recording some more, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was Ben who suggested I do it out there more often. And I really, I think he was, he was right about that. Um, and by the way, I'm I'm getting sidetracked here just for a minute, but I got to give a shout out to Ben Marcellus because he interviewed President Joe Biden. I really should have talked about this at the start of the show, but for those of you that have hung with me now for 40 minutes, uh, thanks for sticking around. Um, Ben interviewed Joe Biden on the Midas Touch Network. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to find it. It's about seven minutes long. But uh, I think that Ben was able to, to get an interview out of Joe Biden that I think the country has needed to see. He made Joe Biden seem more down to earth it looked like a grandson talking to his grandfather and said, hey, you know, granddad, check out this, you know, check out this uh, video I saw on YouTube of Lauren Boebert. You know, it's like, check out this. It just, I don't know. It just seemed like he brought him down to earth. But there was a spot in the video where Ben is talking about the Midas Touch Network and the Midas Mighty, and Joe Biden said, well, you guys are doing a good job uh, because you're telling people the truth and when the video ended me and my mom and dad watched it together and when the video ended my mom looked at me and she's like God, I don't know what to say about that she said do you realize he was talking to you too and I was like what and she's like well he said the Midas Mighty was doing a good job <laughs> she's like you're on the network and I was like holy shit you know the leader of the free world just said that that I was doing a good job holy crap <laughs> you know like so it it was very humbling I went back and watched it again and I was like damn you know There's Ben Micellis, a guy who has been so helpful to me and my family. And Ben has given me so many pointers on how to make videos and how to make them better and never met him. We've never shook hands. We've talked on the phone and we've texted each other back and forth and sent emails. But, uh, you know, he called me up one day after that, uh, video got a million views and was like, Hey, I I got some ideas on, on what you need to be doing to make these better. And so I can't thank him and the Micellis brothers enough. Um, they're the reason, in my opinion, why we're sitting here today, a big, a big, massive part of that reason, because they just give me such a big platform to get on. So um, I will always uh, sing their praises. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up their ass when I say this. I can't, it's very, I don't know that I've ever really disagreed with very much that they have to say. Um, it, they, 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 they. They report the news and they approach the news the way I've always wanted to see it approached. I've always wanted to see people cut through the bullshit and get down to the truth. Don't sit and have a debate with me about who had on what color tie. Say to me that that was batshit insane. (laughs) You know, I love when, when, when Ben's reporting the news and he'll be like, and what Donald Trump said here was lunacy. It was batshit crazy. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for saying that because over here on CNN or MSNBC they're going, "Well, interesting new strategy from Donald Trump." And I'm like, "No, he's he, this is insanity. Call it for what it is." And I just really appreciate them for doing that, uh the way that they do it. And they've been so helpful to me and and put my videos on their platform and and help grow my platform. And um, you know, they're just a great bunch of guys to be around and and they're so considerate and mindful of everything they're doing. They work really hard um you know and they they've not used every single video that I've ever sent them and there's been times they've told me why and I've not had a problem with it for example uh one time I sent them a video talking about the senator congressman whatever it was he he referred to black people as colored people right on the senate floor <clears throat> I did a video talking about that and sent it to him and they sent me a message back and they said love the video Brando but you know we're going to let coach D take this one because we think that the the response should be from a person of color but if we find a place to use this one and and show the white man's perspective we'll do that too so they're very reasonable and 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 I and I never take offense if if I send a video in that they don't use I never take offense I know that it's probably because it's just been covered before by other, other other contributors and or it's just something we've talked about too much. There's been times where I've sent them one, they're like, hey, loved it. We, we'll we keep that one on the back burner. But right now we've got a whole lot talking about that. So I totally get it. And uh, anyway, got off track there for a minute. But if you've not saw the, the video of, of Ben interviewing Biden, go out of your way to find it. Uh, now, this next question here, I'm going to go ahead and take it. Because, uh, so many people have asked me, and I, again, this is a username. That's just a bunch of letters and numbers. Um, but they want to know any commentary on Ukraine and or Israel and what inspires or influences your content. Um, what is inspiring you or influencing you music lately? And are you a swifty, <laughs> a lefty? Okay. Uh, let's start at the top here. Um, First of all, uh, I stand on the side of Ukraine because, um, you know, they're, they're an ally and Russia invaded a sovereign nation and tried to take it over. I don't see, I don't understand why that, uh, that that's a problem. Uh, I mean, I don't understand why that it's a problem for us to be on the side of Ukraine. I've never, never figured that out. Uh, now I haven't done a whole lot of content. I actually haven't done really any on Israel. And the reason being is, folks, I'm just going to be dead honest with you. If I've disappointed you that I've not talked about it, let me just explain. Um, I don't know or understand it well enough to give you an honest opinion about it. Um, And I don't necessarily know who's given me the right information about it. When you've got Israel and you have Palestine and you're hearing both sides of that argument, I have watched other content creators. I've watched other other people who does similar work to what I do. <clears throat> I've watched them come out and take a stand on it one way and I've 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 heard them out and I've listened to them and went, "Okay, well, that okay, that's interesting. I'm learning more." And then I've heard that same person come out and retract their statement and say, "You know, I can't say that anymore because now I've been informed of this. And now that I know this, I can't hold on to that stance." So, uh I feel like that if I threw my opinion out there that I would potentially spread misinformation that I would potentially just or that I would have a misinformed response and I and I don't want to do that. I don't want to add to that. So that's why I stayed out of it because um you know, I, I I talk about things that I that I that I know about and that I'm informed about and that I can react to. And I'll skip ahead of here a little bit when it says you know what inspires or influences your content. Well, a lot of times, if you'll notice, what I'm talking about is hypocrisy. I'm always kind of calling people out on their bullshit. Um, so yeah, I spend a lot of time talking about Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, people like that, Tim Burchett here in Tennessee, <laughs> uh, Governor Bill Lee. Um, a lot of times, I'm just trying to. Again, I'm, I'm surrounded by people here in this Bible Belt, and I'm just trying to say to them, have you ever thought about looking at it this way? Did you ever think maybe we're we're being duped? You know, um, so when it comes to complex issues like Israel, I, I just don't feel that I'm informed enough to, to talk to you about it, um, and I do not want to sound heartless. I don't want to sound like I don't care about the genocide and the things that are going on in this world, um. I never want to come off like I don't care about other people because I truly do. Um, But I just know one thing for sure. I know that in that part of the world, there has been civil unrest for thousands of years. I do know that they have been fighting over there for thousands of years. And as bad as I hate to say this, they probably always will. Um, So I look at things here at home and I look at what we're facing. And I don't mean to sound selfish when I say that. I just look at the fact that we're staring down a potential Donald Trump second term. Donald Trump is saying that if he's reelected, he says, well, you know, I'll be able to lock up my political opponents and I'll be able to, if someone tries to run against me, I'll be able. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What do you mean run against you? If you do get reelected, you're only supposed to have four more years. He's talking as though when he gets in, he's never going to leave, which I don't think he was ever going to leave to start with. I think if he got reelected in 2024, I don't think he would be. Or in 2020, I don't think he would be leaving in 2024. I think he would come up with an excuse to stay. So that's what I feel like we're staring at. That's what I feel like is coming straight at us. That's why I spend more of my time talking about that. Because I we, we we're never going to be able to control what's going on in other parts of the world. And President Biden has to be very careful. I know this much. He has to be very careful about how... He steps in and handles situations like that. He can't just go over there and make things happen and make things disappear. When Donald Trump says, I could end it all in 24 hours, he's full of shit, okay? These issues are way more complex than that. There's no way that's a possibility in any world. You could take the smartest person in the world. You could take someone who's a master at negotiations, okay? And they couldn't, I mean, you got people like Jimmy Carter. Look how great he was at, at negotiating with people, look how great Bill Clinton was, despite what you may think about Bill Clinton, the dude could negotiate, and was, you know, could go out there, and, and really make arguments for things, they couldn't make it go away in 24 hours, if you put them together, you know, they couldn't make it go away, so, you know, I just, I try to focus on the issues here at home, and I don't mean to sound heartless when I say that, uh, I don't mean to say that I don't care. I do. I care very much about what's going on in other parts of the world, and I want America to be on the right side of history, but that's a very complex uh, issue, and I don't know enough about it to give you the honest opinion. Now, uh, to lighten the mood here, I'll go to the second half of your question. Uh, what's inspiring you or influ- influencing you lately, and are you a Swifty? Well, I'll be honest with you. No, I don't listen to Taylor Swift very much, but I have the utmost respect for her. Uh, I appreciate her music and I appreciate, uh, her art. Um, I think she's great at what she does. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea as to what I would listen to. Um, but, um, what is inspiring me and influencing me, uh, lately, uh, I'm always heavily influenced and inspired by the drive-by truckers. They are my favorite band always. Well, they have been ever since 2004 when I first discovered them. Um, I love the drive-by truckers. I'm also a big fan of a group called Mike and the Moon Pies. Uh they're out of Texas, they're like a country honky tonk band. Um I love James McMurtry, uh Ray Wiley Hubbard, Lucinda Williams. Um and I'm inspired by a lot of local bands around the Knoxville area, East Tennessee area, and southeast Kentucky area. There's so much good music coming out of this part of the world. Um, and a lot of the people I'm about to name are friends of mine. Uh, I'm really inspired by the Barstool Romeos out of Knoxville, uh, Mick Harrison and the high score, Trisha Jean Brady. Um, there is, uh, so many handsome and the humbles. Uh, Kevin Abernathy is I think one of the best unheard songwriters in the country. Uh, Scott Miller. I love the old V Roy stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much music and in Southeast Kentucky. Uh, you've got so much good shit. Go check out the laid back country picker and just thank me later. Uh it's one of my favorite acts out there. Uh and one of the one of the best human beings. David Prince is truly one of the best human beings. If you've ever saw me doing a video and I've just got a shirt on with this guy with a cowboy hat and these green sunglasses and it's the only thing that's on the front of my shirt, that's the laid back country picker David Prince. Uh he's one of my favorite humans. Him and his wife Teresa and she has a band called Luna and the Mountain Jets who I listen to religiously. Um so, uh, yeah, uh, that's, what's been inspiring me here music, uh, here musically. And I respect Taylor Swift and she influences me just because she stands up for what she believes. So, uh, I really appreciate that. We're going to jump on down here, get this question here from Janet. She wants to know, what am I reading? Well, um, I just got done reading a book called, um, High Winds, The Quest for Rome uh, it's by J H Gason. It is a phenomenal book. I highly recommend it. Uh, he is an uh, author out of Scott County, Tennessee. Great story, great storyteller. I really enjoy that. And I, I and I'm going to leave a review for it on Amazon. Uh, now the book I'm reading right now as we speak is called the dirty parts of the Bible by Sam Tarode And I'm so glad that you asked this question because, uh, Sam tarode has re-released dirty parts of the Bible as an illustrated, almost comic book style. It's phenomenal. It looks immaculate. Uh, I've just started it. I read it before the original version. Now I'm reading the illustrated version. It's phenomenal so far. It's one of my favorite books of all time, but I'm rereading it again, comic, uh, the illustration style. And when I get done reading it, I'm going to have Sam on the podcast to talk with me about it. So the only reason why he's not on here today is because I ain't done reading the book. I messed up the other day. I said, Sam, I just started your book. As soon as I get done with it, I'll let you know. And we'll come on the podcast and talk about it. So I am super excited. Um, uh, I am super excited to, uh, to be bringing that episode to you in the future. As soon as I get that, uh, book read, uh, I will be, uh, having Sam on the podcast to talk with him about it. And I'm super excited about that. All right. This is a great question here from uh, Tommy on Facebook. It wants to know, do you think the founding fathers would have stepped up and done something by now compared to today's system? That's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked it because one thing that both sides will do left or right. Don't matter we will always go back and say, but the founding fathers said, we'll always go back to that, you know, and and I do it too. I'm like, Hey, I don't think the founding fathers meant for it to be this way. And the right wing will say the same thing, you know? And I mean, when you go back and and read what the founding fathers had to say, they definitely seem way more reasonable. I mean, good Lord. I mean, they're, (laughs) I mean, we have such extremes out there today that I mean, the Founding Fathers are are the voice of reason. And I think that's why we go back to them so many times and quote them. But as far as would they have stepped up and did anything, to be that honest with you, I don't know that they would have. And and, and here's why. Uh, There's a podcast that I would highly recommend called American Elections, The Wicked Game. This podcast breaks down every single U.S. election ever, starting from the very first one all the way to Biden and Trump. They cover every... um, a single election when you go back and listen to those early episodes about how they played politics back in those days the founding fathers um you realize that you know it's kind of always been this way um you know one the way the podcast kind of starts off it says you know how many how many times have you said oh it used to not be this way uh, back when you used to could talk about politics you used to could have a good debate Really, if you go back and look at how they, you know, they used each other's affairs. Uh, they got real. They got down in the mud and got dirty about it. Hell, uh, John Adams, you know, was actually leading George Washington um, in, in in the in the first presidential election. He was actually leading, um, but he was he was he was. They considered him to be too short, and they wanted Washington to be this the general. They thought that would be perfect to let him be the first one. So you know Alexander Hamilton starts putting out hit pieces on John Adams to try to to bring him down and and cause him you know to lose points and so they they brought up the fact that Thomas Jefferson had uh children with with uh with a black woman um i mean a lot of their affairs and stuff came out so you know when you look back at and you read things they wrote and you go yeah they they definitely sound like the voice of reason if you really go back and look at what they did they got just as dirty and down in the mud as a lot of them do today. It's really times haven't changed as much as we might think they are. I mean, we're seeing a, a new level of batshit insanity now that we've never saw before. But um, yeah, um, I don't know that they would have stepped up necessarily. I, I mean, I really can't answer. I can't. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think that. I definitely think they would they would look around and say boy this this sure got out of hand we didn't mean for this <laughs> to happen i would love to hear uh their thoughts on the second amendment i would love to hear their thoughts on the first amendment now that, that that the internet is here and all these things so um but would they have stepped up and changed anything or would they have just played politics i i, I don't i don't honestly know we're going to take a few more questions here uh, uh There's a lot of trolls here uh I'm gonna read this one just just for the just for the just for the hell of it, and I have so many messages like this on a daily basis. If you're a YouTube member, <laughs> I've been putting out videos uh reading the hate mail because they could be pretty damn comical, but uh, Tony says, I have a question, Tennessee Bravo oh I'm sorry brando ha ha ha. Why are y'all so scared of Donald Trump? Yeah, I don't even want him. I don't want him to even be on the ballot. Why is that one lead the man run for president? Like Joe Biden, dad took millions of dollars from China. You're so scared of Trump. Yeah. I don't want him to even be on the ballot chicken shit. How's that improving ratings looking better every day? You guys try to decipher that one. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to say. Um, well, I think the reason why we're talking about Donald Trump so much is because he, he said out loud he's declaring war on American democracy. Uh, I think it's because we're paying attention to what he's actually saying. And if you don't want him to be on the ballot, then why even ask that question? But yeah, there's a whole lot of trolls here <laughs> that have uh, made their way in and they're wanting to ask a question. Um, Let's see if I could find a good one here, uh, probably close it up. Cause I'm kind of, there's definitely a whole lot of trolls. One person said, would I be willing, since I stood up for immigrants, would I be willing to give them 10,000 bucks? I mean, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of questions they'll ask. Cause really, and I, and I've I've talked about this so many times, you know, I, I say all the time, trolling's not debating, and people get mad at me for saying that, but if you come into to a live or you come into a comment section to go, "Your mom, that's not debating. I don't know why people can't see that. Uh, if you say, I believe this is how we should pay for this, or I believe this is how we should accomplish this, I'll debate you all day long. But if you say, my mom's a whore, I'm, I know that you don't, you don't have any respect for me. So why should I respect you back? And, um, and, 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 you know, why, why should I ever have any respect for you back? Um, We've kind of covered this, but it says, uh, this 2024 election is a binary choice. Good versus evil. Why is the outcome so questionable? I'm embarrassed that Trump is even being considered at all. I'm flabbergasted. Well, Henry, we all are and that's why we're continuing to talk about it, um, it is, it is, I am flabbergasted that he's still here, um, and it, it, it's, it's terrifying that the outcome is questionable at this point, you know, it really is, but, um, you know, uh there's a whole lot of people out there that still buys into his bullshit, they, they still buy it, uh, because he didn't have the balls to admit that he lost and they don't want to ever um, admit that he lost and he empowers them. That's at, at the end of the day, he just empowers them. There was a time when if you said 2 plus 2 equals 76, somebody would say, no, sorry, you're wrong. 2 plus 2 equals 4. In Trump's world, someone can say 2 plus 2 equals 76, and then if I try to correct them, I'm trying to silence them. I'm trying to take away their First Amendment rights. They watched a documentary where 2 plus 2 equals 76 and they a guy testified that 2 plus 2 equals 76 and this dude that I worked with got off his forklift and sent me a link to an article that said 2 plus 2 equals 76 and it's absolute batshit insane. It's 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 total bullshit. And no, two plus two equals four. If you think it's 76, you're just fucking wrong. I don't care how much evidence out there or, or how much not evidence, but how much claims you have out there that you claim to be evidence, you're full of shit. So um, so yeah, uh, I think we're about out of questions here because a lot of the rest of these that I'm seeing, if I missed any good questions, I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to go through all these sometimes because uh, there's just so many Some guy here says it's amazing what you will do for a few bucks. Well, you know what, buddy? You're sending a billionaire your hard-earned money. So I'm not a billionaire asking for your money to help me out of my legal expenses. So there's that. But uh, folks, I have really enjoyed this episode. I always do. I always enjoyed these. I was just trying to find one more good question that we could end on a high note, (laughs) but it looks like that the trolls have, uh, have laid into it and that's okay because they just, they do as crazy as they sound, they do definitely, um, keep us, uh, on our toes and keep us, uh, They, sorry, I got distracted. They, they, they definitely, you know, they keep the conversation moving, whether you uh, like them or not. I'll end on this question here, and this is from Thirteen Bellhop on YouTube. Where are the best areas in Tennessee for progressive thinking people to live? That's a really good question. Um, now, to be dead honest with you, I don't. I can only speak from my experience. Um, earlier, like I said. When I go to Knoxville and I go down into the old city and Market Square, places like that, I definitely feel that it's more progressive-minded. Uh, but what's so funny about Tennessee is you can be in that part of town and you can drive 10, 15 minutes up the road and you're right back in Trump country. Uh, so really, if you go to a town like Knoxville, you're going to find more progressive sides of it. Uh, if you go to Nashville, and you go to like East Nashville, you're going to find more progressive sides of it i don't know that we necessarily have a liberal town that's just you know like 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 georgia has athens or kentucky has louisville i don't know if we have one of those but but our towns are kind of are kind of that way um and it is like knoxville is a really interesting place because you literally can you could be you could literally go just two streets over and everything shifts everything changes um I'm about an hour and a half from Knoxville and I love it there. I go there all the time, to uh, record with my band and my band's based out of there. Um, I love the town and, um, uh, you know, would love to live there again one day. Uh, I just live here where I do cause it's easier to be closer to my family. Uh, well, that's where is where my family's at. All my, I have, for those of you that don't know, I have five children, four boys and a girl, and I also have a grandson. So there's never a dull moment around my place. Uh, they're all here. I still have, uh, I still have two kids that are in three kids that are in school and a grandson that will be coming up. But, um, you know, it's just easier for me to stay here. But if I was going to move somewhere, I would move to Knoxville and then I would hang out more in the old city and, and, and over on market square is kind of where I would kind of stay. Because if you move over into the other parts of Knoxville, you'll be right back knee deep in Trump country. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's a good, uh, Good spot and a good question to end on, and I want to thank you guys so much for all your questions. And before we go, there's something else that I do want to remind you guys of, a couple of things. Uh, This coming Saturday, I'm going to be doing another YouTube Live. Uh, I'm sure someone will say, I'm doing it for the money. Well, again, I'm not a billionaire asking asking you to pay my legal expenses. Uh, I will be doing a YouTube Live this coming Saturday, December 9th at 9 p.m. Also, uh, I was nominated for an award uh, by the Appalachian Arts and Entertainments Award. They have nominated me for Best Social Media Influencer. Um, now, for those of you that don't know much about me or you're new to the party, uh, I've been a singer-songwriter for over 25 years. Uh, I've been nominated for a whole bunch of Appies. I've never won one. But I'm honored to have been nominated by the Appalachian Arts and Entertainment Awards out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. The first year, I got nominated for uh, Best Songwriter. I got nominated for Best Americana. I think uh, Best Singer. Um, There was five of them that first year that I was nominated for. Um, Then the second year, I was nominated for Best Songwriter. Uh, And the third year... I was nominated for best social media influencer because that's when they finally introduced that category. that wasn't a category at the start of it, and now this is the second time I've been nominated for best social media influencer so uh if you want to vote for that you can if you'll go to the appalachian arts and entertainments awards dot com go there you hit the vote now button um and there's a whole lot of great arts and entertainment in this part of the world so You know, For those of you that are from around here, you may recognize some of the names, and for those of you that aren't from around here, you probably won't, but uh, when you get to the category of best social media influencer, uh, you'll see T.N. Brando there, and uh, that's me. Um, There is a musician out of southeast Kentucky named Brando. I can't pronounce his last name. It starts with a V. I've had people ask if that was me. That's not me. Um, That's not my last name. My last name is Fusen. Although in the music world, I go by Folson because nobody south of here can pronounce it the right way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you if you see Brandon Folson, F-U-L-S-O-N, that's me. But if you see, or T-N Brando, Tennessee Brando, that's me. But I'm nominated in one category this year, social media influencer, T-N Brando. Uh, if you want to vote for me, I truly would appreciate it. And I don't want to sound like Donald Trump here. <laughs> I really don't. I don't want to sit here and tell you that the game is rigged, but I will just say this. Um, I don't expect to win best social media influencer in blood red Kentucky. <laughs> uh, I may make it into the finals, uh, and that would be awesome to be in the finals and and be in the crowd and sit there. Um I just don't know if they would actually allow this bleeding heart liberal to in in that part of the, I mean, that is deep Trump country. I, I don't know. I I, I literally like the first time that I was nominated for that social media influencer, I just laughed out loud. I was like, okay, we'll see. (laughs) Um, you know, um, Again, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pull a Trump here. Although that would kind of be funny, wouldn't it? Like if I just, if I lost and then I just went around, it was rigged, it was rigged against me. Crooked Appies, Crooked Appy Awards, <laughs> they stole it from me. Look at the crowds I had, you know. Look at the crowds, look, look at the crowds I had. Who are these people? Nobody knows them. <laughs> uh, it would be funny, and I guarantee you, if I did that, there would be MAGA Republicans going, "Hey, shut up, loser." Can't you just accept defeat? <laughs> Maybe we'll just do that and troll them back. I don't know. But anyway, I'm very honored to be, <laughs> I'm very honored to be uh, nominated for the award. I'm I'm honored to be mentioned alongside of other great people, and that's uh, I've always had mixed emotions about award shows because I'm gonna be brutally blunt with you. When someone says the Grammys is what it's all about, I heard Jelly Roll go, "That's what it's all about." I'm like, no, it ain't. Not to me, uh, maybe to you, but not to me. To me, it's about it's about one person out there going, you helped get me through the day. One person going, man, your song or your videos or your social media influence or whatever the hell you want to call it, that's what gets me through my day, or that's what kept me from, you know, checking out. You know, I've had people <clears throat> send me messages saying, hey, the, you know, your music or your videos or your takes on things is all that gets me through my day. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for a bowling trophy. But if I'm nominated, if I make it into the finals, I will go, and I will sit there amongst my peers because, um, you know, I I respect a whole lot of the musicians and and artists out there that will be at that show. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that uh, there's there's a couple of categories uh, when it comes to um, best songwriter. Uh, I would, I voted for Donnie, Donnie Bolin. Um, when it comes to, uh, best guitarist, I voted for Cody Lee Meese, That's not even close. Uh, and when it comes to, uh, graphics design, I voted for, uh, Jess Bowman. Uh, Jess does all of my graphics. If you, she does all my thumbnails, all my graphics, all my album covers. Um, so you saw her work. And uh, you know who she is now that I've told you. So uh, those are three that I would say vote for. I'm trying to think of a couple more. Um, Renee Cobb is a good friend. I always tell people to vote for Renee. Lance Rogers is another great songwriter. Um, you know that that I that I love. Um, I I just picked Donnie because it was just you know. I, it, it it's all subjective, you know there's days I listen to Donnie and there's days I listen to Lance and it was just kind of like, well, you could have almost slipped a coin either way on that one um but yeah, go check those out and um you know um Jess is a uh, uh, uh it works with me every day um helping me get all this shit together um She's who sends me ideas i have a I, we have a thread of text messages that just comes through this one thread that I know is stuff to, hey, look at this and 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 get ready to react to this. so And does all my graphic designs. I can't do that shit. I suck at it. And uh, I'm pretty sure she's been nominated like three years in a row, uh, maybe four. And we both have. We've, we've both been nominated all four years for something, but we've never pulled off a win. So maybe this will be the year that we do. Um if she makes it into the finals and I don't, uh, I will, I will go with her and support her. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, if we, if we could, if we could bring home one, uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but again, that's, that's not why that I'm here. Um, I'm here for you guys and I'm here for, for the ones that sends me the emails that, uh, that really, Uh, lifts me up and keeps me doing what I do. Before I go, I want to say one final thing to you. You know, I'm guilty sometimes of giving the trolls too much attention because they're just low-hanging fruit, you know, and they try to take a swing at me and they miss so terribly that I almost have to call them out for it. Like, you really missed there, pal. (laughs) So, so, you know, a lot of times I, you know, I get a lot of hate mail and I'll be honest with you. Most of my hate mail, it all comes from Facebook. You go to any other inbox I have, and for the most part, it's all positive. Facebook is just garbage. It's just full of trash. I mean, I have like, okay, this is how it is. Like on Facebook, eight out of 10 messages is gonna be, you communist, liberal, socialist, son of a bitch. Um, And then you go to my emails, and it's just like, love you, love what you do. And so my emails had had stacked up. They had, they had kind of gotten out of hand. And uh I was uh, I I hadn't read them in a while, and I still haven't read my ones on TikTok. For if you've messaged me on TikTok, that inbox is so full because I've got two hundred thousand followers on there, over two hundred now. I can't I can't I got to really sit down one day and take the time to go through those. Uh, really sorry if I missed anyone on that platform. But what? Excuse me. One day I opened up my emails, and I had some of the most heartfelt emails that I could have ever imagined reading, and I had a bunch of. Them. And I said right there, I was like, you know, uh I sometimes get on Facebook, that's where I spend a lot of time, and 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 there's a whole lot of negativity there, and there's a whole lot of hate and a whole lot of trolls. But I'm gonna stop giving those people the attention and I'm gonna focus the attention more on the positivity because man, some of the things you guys said to me in those messages just uh humble me and a couple of times brought me to tears because I was like, holy crap, I you know, I I never thought that when i started doing this it would mean anything to anyone i thought i would just be doing it for therapeutic reasons just to keep from going crazy and uh here we are so uh i really appreciate it and one quick story here to end with uh i was actually telling Jess this yesterday when we were talking about the appies and 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 what we you know what would we do if we won or what would we do if we didn't win or whatever you know just just having a conversation about it in general And I told her a story about how back when I was a teenager, learning how to play guitar for the very first time, you know, I I learned the intro to Sweet Home Alabama and thought I was king shit. (laughs) And we had this thing in high school, my junior year of high school, we had this this, uh, class called Activities. It was like the last 15 or 20 minutes of the day, you just went to do your activity, whatever it was you chose. So you would have like, um, you know, you might go to the gym and play basketball, go outside and throw a football, or you might, you know, there was all sorts of different activities. One of them was music. You could bring an instrument and go into a room and play it. So some guys brought some guitars, and I went in there and, and met one of my lifelong friends in that room. He's been my friend ever since. Uh, shout out to Jared. Uh, but that day that, that, that I was sitting in there, and I walked in there, and first time I'd been around other guitar players, that many in one room, and I done the intro to Sweet Home Alabama stiff as hell. It was like, damn. Down You know, <laughs> I was stiff as a board, but I played it and thought, oh, okay, I did pretty good. And then Jared picks up a guitar and he just plays Crazy Train note for note. You you would have thought the ghost of Randy Rhodes was in the room. And he's like sixteen year old, and I'm like son of a bitch. Like I thought I was good at this, and I suck. And then he busses out every ACDC song there was, and not only does he know the intro to Sweet Home Alabama, but he knows the Ed King solo in the middle. And I was like, God. I got a long way to go, and so I, I was really depressed, like, God, he just handed my ass to me, you know, and I remember I was sitting on the school bus, uh, just looking out the window, and I saw him standing over there with his guitar in his hand, and and uh, there's all these people gathered around him, just patting him on the back, like, holy shit, we just saw a prodigy, and hell, I loved it, too, we ended up becoming, like, the best of friends, and he taught me so much on guitar, I learned so much from him, learned my pentatonic scales from him, and all this stuff, um, but I just remember sitting on that bus, looking out the window, going, "Damn, man, I, I wish I could play a guitar like that, and I wish that I could have that kind of influence on other people, and I wish that I could say I did something that damn cool." And I remember thinking, "You'll never get there. You'll, you'll, you'll never be able to do it. You know, it'll, it'll never happen for you." <laughs> it was, it was, you know I mean, it was, I mean, just imagine, you know. Imagine if you was trying to pedal a tricycle uphill and some dude went by you in a, in a Tesla, it's like, he'd be like, what the fuck, you know, just leave me standing still, so, I don't know, I just, uh, uh, I think back to that moment in time, and I think back to the fact that if I could go to that school bus, and I could walk on that bus, and I could sit down next to that 16, 17 year old kid, and I could say, hey dude, um, uh, I know you're kind of depressed right now because this guy just handed your ass to you on the guitar, but one day you will have influence and one day you'll be on a platform with over 200,000 people on it and you will have millions of views on your videos and you will work with this news network and, and you will be a, an influencer and a contributor and, and your videos will get out there to the world. And yeah, there's going to be people hate your guts. There's going to be a whole bunch of trolls give you a hard time and you're going to get snubbed by some people and You're going to get voted off of shows because of your political beliefs. Yes, that actually happened. Uh, You're going to get voted off shows in your own hometown because of where you stand on things, and they're going to snub you and throw you to the dirt. If you'd have told that kid that was going to happen to him, he would have jumped up and down. (laughs) He would have been so elated to know. Even if you'd have told him all the bad shit that was going to happen to him too, he would have just been so excited to know that he would have that type of impact. And so, win or lose going forward, I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for you guys. And I always want you to know that. I'm always grateful for all of you. And um, I never would have thought, the first time I plopped down in that lawn chair, to the first video I did, I sat down in that lawn chair and I talked about Tyler Childers' album, Long Violent History. And when that video came out, I had people say to me, Damn, you should do that more often. You should sit down and talk like that. And to tell you the truth, the only reason I talked that day is because I didn't feel like typing. Honest to God's truth, I just didn't feel like typing that day. It was like, ah, God. And I just sat down and made a video, and then here we are. But um, I'm not going to let the trolls get me down. I'm not going to let the disappointments get me down because the rest of it outweighs. the, The good outweighs the bad by a long shot. Yeah, it, it may have hurt my feelings to be voted off of a show in my own backyard but, uh, for my political views, but but um, I'm on much bigger platforms. 99% of you wouldn't even recognize the place. If I told you who voted me off of it, you'd go, who? So uh, I'm not trying to throw shade at them. It's just true. So I, I have to focus on the positive and let go of a lot of the negative and, uh, you know, remember that the president of the United States said we're doing a good job. (laughs) So, so anytime I get down going forward, it's going to be like, Hey, you know, you've had a good year. You've got a lot of people listening to what you're doing. And the leader of the free world said you're doing a good job. So it's okay. And so, uh, folks, I've had a good time with this Q and a episode. We will do another one. Um, don't forget this coming Saturday, 9 PM on YouTube channel. I will be going live talking and playing tunes. And then, uh, if you want to vote for me on the appy awards go to com, and uh you can cast your vote there for best social media influencer uh we're coming up on christmas i hope everyone has a good one hope everyone has a new year uh i'm going to start trying to do at least a live every other week or twice a month something like that you know which that's every other week but i'm going to try to do that and just be out there doing what i do and i appreciate you guys so much for supporting what it is that i do and, uh, oh shit, I forgot this one last thing. I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow, which will probably come out a week or so later, but I'm going to be on my good buddy, Mike McGill's podcast. And we're not going to talk politics. I've already asked him if we can not do that. <laughs> I'm going to go on Mike's podcast. One more for the good guys. We're going to sit down and just talk about cigars and music and wrestling and probably everything under the sun, along with our good friend, Jamie Aikens. We're just going to sit around. Have some whiskey, have some cigars, and have a good conversation. For the, So for those of you that would like to get to know me outside of the political world, that'll be your chance. When I share that episode, you'll just be able to hear Brando having a conversation with friends about things that outside of politics and religion that he enjoys. So I am so looking forward to that. It's going to be such a breather to just step away from this for a minute. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do, and I love you guys for being here. But yeah, man, talking politics and religion, you're always going to be pissing people off. So it's going to get stressful at times, but tomorrow it's going to be a cigar and some whiskey and a beer and good conversations with two good friends, two of my favorite people. So I'm looking very forward to that, and I will share that episode with you as soon as it gets out there. But uh, folks, thank you guys so much for being here with me today on this episode. Hope everyone has a great week, and uh, you keep tuning in here, and I'll keep telling you the truth.